With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. This is the first press room podcast of the French Open 2014 edition. I am Ed McGrogan speaking with Pete Bodo, who's in Paris. Uh, wanted to catch up with Pete before his day really begins out there on a, a big development on happened on day two with Stan Wawrinka losing. Pete, it was a you know a pretty sullen performance from him. I thought on the court, even off the court at the press room afterwards. Just you know, what what was the sense you kind of got from Stan as a whole? Because this is, I think, a pretty sizable upset. Well, the the sense I got from him really was of overwhelming maturity, which sounds like an odd thing to say maybe after a loss like that. But you know, he was very very eloquent in talking about you know why a guy like him could lose a match like this under these conditions. And you know, let's remember starting off that this is his first Grand Slam since he won his first Grand Slam, and that really is definitely a different situation, different pressures, different demands. And he did not handle him well, but much to his credit, he he acknowledged. That and he was very clear talking us through it. And so, and so, with that, you would say that this almost bodes well for him—not the loss itself, but I think the way you're saying that he handled it going forward. I think he recognizes his place in this, you know, elite elite ruling class in the sport, and you know, going forward, that may bode well for him. Well, he recognizes his place insofar as his place is somewhere down there in a pecking order, and this has given him a better idea of why those guys are up so high in a pecking order. Let me just read you a, a little bit of a direct quote from his transcript here. He said, uh, talking about what happened today and, and how we prepared and what happened during the match and how he lost the match, he said, I think it's just a different story. Now it's a different picture for my career. I need to put the puzzle back together, but differently than in the past, because now it's after winning a Grand slam a masters 1000 and being number three in the world everything is different and i still didn't find the pieces and he gave an interesting he gave an interesting insight into what a guy goes through when he's in that stage when he said quote i expect more from myself i'm not happy with small things with little things even when i'm playing okay i'm not really happy because i know how well i can play what he was saying there really was that you know, uh, his his practices were good. He felt good going in. He's a Grand Slam champion. But during the match, he didn't really have the patience and the sort of calmness he would need to, to not, to not you know, get tripped up by making a bad error or by going, you know, going, you know, getting a break and then, and then giving a break back like he did in the first set, to, and, you know, which, which had a real shaping influence on the match. So he was very good about it, articulating what is in, in essence, for him, a learning process. Either he's going to learn it and become, you know, a solid force for the next three, four years up in the top five, or or he's not going to learn it and realize why he 
why why he wasn't. Yeah, you know, he played um, you know Garcia Lopez, who I think you've probably seen you know once or twice in your day. You know, it was a one of the tougher draws you could have as a seated player. We we talk a lot about how the French Open and the Slams perhaps seed too many players. Um, you know, a lot of people want to see that go down to 16 instead of 32. You know, in this case, Vavrinka I think drew one of the shortest straws here, getting a player. You know, ranked just outside the top 32, but really a, clay, a very savvy clay quarter. Um, you know, Garcia Lopez himself played very well in this match. You know, what it was really, though, in essence, was Vavrinka, I think, really just imploding with, you know, a kind of a colossal 62 unforced errors and, and just not resembling the player that we saw not only in Australia but in Monte Carlo. It, it was kind of a strange way for him to end such a – Really, a, a kind of amazing run through the first you know four months of the year, and I think it's just kind of curious to see where Stan takes us. Because I think you know people could make cases for either way. I think there'd be some strong arguments. Well, you know, Garcia Lopez is a very tricky guy too. He's a, he's a, he's he's a, he's a guy other other players don't really like to play. He's he's kind of tricky. He's some people have accused him of being a bit of a gamesman. He's, you know, he's just a, a kind of a, a slippery character in a sense. So he's, and, and so when he's on, yeah, he's a very, very tough opponent. I think, uh, you know, Stan acknowledged, you know, he said he was, looked, when he looked at the match, he said it was completely flat. He wasn't relaxed with his own game and he wasn't aggressive. He said he played some bad rallies. He was thinking too much on his backhand from the middle. Everything was terrible, basically, is, is how he summed it up. Um, you know, he said he doesn't have any answers, but I, you know, you know, I want to tell you something interesting. This is just a, a little sidelight, but it's pretty funny. They, you know, somebody in, inevitably asked him whether he talked to Roger Federer after this. <laughs> you know, the, what, what, what a Roger consul him, you know, about this. And uh, this, you got to read, you got to hear his answer because it was pretty funny. He said, "Roger is not my coach, so no, I didn't. He has a lot to deal with with his family, with his career, with everything. I'm not talking at all to Roger about that. You know, first he doesn't have time. Second, I don't have time, and I have a good team around me, and I think it will be fine." <laughs> it's it's inescapable the uh, the link between those guys. The the ghost of Roger Federer still haunts Stan in, in mysterious ways, you might say. Absolutely. Yeah. Pete, well, I want to let you get back to today um, at the French Open. Like I said, Pete will be there throughout the whole two weeks. Um, we'll be catching up with him with uh, some more press room podcasts and obviously his reports from Paris. So, Pete, thank you. And listeners, come back for more on Tennis.com. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.